Well, good morning again. It's good to be with you. Um, if you want to grab your Bibles, we're just going to go through two verses today. Yeah, so many verses. Um, so it's Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. So very common passage um, uh, in kind of church circles, um, but a really, really important one. So we're starting a, a short series uh, that Andrew wanted us to go through uh, on worship. So um, in worship, generally speaking, if you've got a church background, um, at least quite a, I'd say quite a number of us, when we think worship, we'll probably think of um, what we just were taking a part of, where we came together as God's people, as the body of, of Christ, to um, worship Him through song. And there's something really, really special about that. There's something beautiful where God meets us here. He meets us as we praise Him, as we worship Him through song, and we're united in singing these, uh, in these, in these words, and it, no matter kind of what form that it takes. You see people like I hear Andrew talk about uh, worship in Africa, and then we saw how the Solomon Island team worships, and all around the world, Christians uh, are worshiping uh, through music, and it can sound so many different things. So most of the rest of the series will be on probably around that type of um, worship, but I wanted, to, I wanted to go through a little bit today, um, more of kind of the, the broader definition of worship that we can see in the Bible, and we see it in this passage today. And it's kind of this more, like obviously worship music is worship, but um, when the Bible talks about it, in, in, in particularly in this passage, it's more of like a, an all-of-life thing. It's, a, it's a, an all-of-life orientation towards, I, I, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus now, I, my will is, I'm trying to align my will with Him, and I want that to be my worship towards Him. I want Him to be worshipped through every single thing that I do. Um, so, let's read. So, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, brothers and sisters, that would mean, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak to us. Thank you that you're not silent, that you just haven't left us here to our own devices, Lord, but you, you guide us, you, you, you instruct us. You're a, you're a father that loves us. As we saw in that video, Lord, you're a, you're a father that deeply loves us and you chisel at us, Lord God. I pray that you'll be chiseling at us this morning, that you'd be kind of, it, it might be painful for us, Lord God, but I pray that you would just be... Um, shaping us, Lord God, into more into the, the image of, of Jesus, Lord God, so people can see you um, and that all of what we do will just be worshipped to you. Amen. Cool. So then in a nutshell, what this passage kind of seems to be doing, you'll see it says, in, in, uh, in light of the mercies of God. So the first question I, I had when I, when I see that verse, in light of the mercies of God, or in uh, this version, by the mercies of God. So it can, it's kind of, 
how you would look at it in the Greek, it's kind of in light of this, in light of the mercies of God. And you think about what's one of the biggest and most well-known and most probably the most, is the most significant mercy of God. And what we see that is, is Jesus going to the cross. We see his mercy on the cross as he dies for our sin. He, takes, he, he is a sacrifice that takes our sin on the cross and he shows us mercy. He gives us opportunity to be back in fellowship with Him. He takes the sin of our lives away from us, the penalty for that. He goes as a sacrifice um, on the cross for us. And that is one of the primary things, as you read through Romans, that uh, one of the big things that, that um, Paul is actually talking about, the writer of Romans. He's, he's, he's pointing to these kind of mercies. So in light of these mercies, he's saying, in light of that, in light of Jesus' sacrifice on going to the cross, in the sa- he's kind of almost saying, in light of that, in a similar way, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So immediately what you see Paul do is he, he kind of puts a bit of a parallel here. He kind of goes, look at Jesus, look at the sacrifice that he did, and then as you kind of as you live your life in light of that live your life as a sacrifice to him it's pretty it's not too complicated that bit but it's kind of you see this parallel straight away that um, Paul is trying to make and he's not saying literally that you have to go find a cross like I think we've got one around here yeah um, and then you have to nail yourself to it not necessarily I mean there's plenty of people around the world Christians brothers and sisters who have died for their, for their faith in Jesus, and at the end of the day, if that's what it came to, sure, that might be what this is saying. But more, what, what Paul's getting at here is, is a bit more of, he, he says, a living sacrifice. And that's kind of a curious statement, yeah? A living sacrifice. So even for, for me today in the 21st century, that's, that's kind of an odd, odd thing to read. How, they kind of seem contradictory to each other, right? Um, like a living and sacrifice. Like if you're in first century, like Rome, when this was like written, you, like whether you were a Jew, a Christian, or uh, a Roman, or pretty much anyone around that time, you would have kind of had something come up in your mind to do with what a sacrifice is. It was a, it was a big part of kind of their life, whether no matter where they kind of sat in um, with God. Because there was there was huge amounts of gods under Rome and that they worshipped and they and, and various amounts of them they used to sacrifice things whether it be animals and stuff like that to these gods in order usually to get something to appease something or in uh, kind of um, in the in the Jewish Christian or in the Jewish case it'd be more that we were we would sacrifice an animal. Uh, like a lamb, in order to kind of take the sin of what we were meant to do. They're like the lamb was meant to, to, to be us. And we, we put the sin of that onto there, and it's kind of, it's, it's, a, it's, it's it really, at the end of the day, a lot of what would be coming to mind is, is death. 
with sacrifice, not living sacrifice. It'd be like, it's kind of like dead sacrifice. Like, it's, a, it's a loss of life, in a way, to appease for something else or to get something else, depending on where you sat in the first century. So it's still, it's kind of a curious thing that, that Paul would be rewriting this to even to, these kind of, to this church back in Rome. It's like, how do I be a living sacrifice? How do I, how do, I do that? And um, so being a living sacrifice then means that in light of Jesus, his sacrifice, his sacrifice on the cross and, and the grace, this forgiveness, this life this, that, that he gives us, in light of that, as a result, I live my life solely as a sacrifice. I live my life solely for God. I live solely for Him and to worship Him in whatever form that takes. And that's, that's part of what it is. We're a living sacrifice as we go, as we've, I mean, you can look at it in a few different ways. As we've found life in Jesus, we live our life for Him. We live our life to worship Him in every aspect of our life that we can. As the passage says, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, holy and acceptable, which means we strive to be a set-apart people. We don't, we don't follow everything that people around us do, yeah? We don't follow everything that the world might kind of point us towards or try to disciple us in. No, we're set-apart. We're holy under God. We want to follow Him. We want to follow His ways. We want to follow how he designed us to be in the same way. He's like, I designed you this way, and I'm chiseling back. We want to follow Him in that way. We want to be holy and acceptable to Him. We are a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Him. And it, in a way, what this is saying, and Jesus uses these words, he, he says, it's another way of saying, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Because kind of pre-Jesus for us, our stock standard kind of state seems to be that we are living for something other than Jesus, other than God, where we're living to, uh, maybe it's for ourselves or for someone else or for money, for acceptance, for this, this, and that. Where our drive and how we sacrifice ourselves, I guess you could say, it isn't towards Jesus. We're, we're living life toward something else before we know Jesus. And what we do when we come to Jesus is we go, God, I don't, I don't want to follow my own selfish ambitions. I don't want to follow them anymore. I don't want me to be the focus anymore. I, I, I can't do that. I I, in, light, in light of the mercies of God, I just cannot do this anymore. I need to follow you. And it's a, it's a full kind of 180 turn to try and orientate our life, to be renewed in our mind, as the passage says, toward Jesus. And what I want to kind of go through a little bit today, I don't have a really long message, but what this means is this worship, this sacrifice of worship for, is, is everything that we do. It's all of who we are, it's all of what we have, it's all of what we do, and this sounds a bit funny, but it's all that we suffer. 
So it's all that we are, all that we have, all that we do, and all that we suffer is, is worship toward Jesus. So, and I, I want to go through this because it's all good and well to know, kind of, yeah, sure, Matt, yeah, cool, like life is a, a, a living sacrifice for Jesus, yeah, I, I need to do that, I need to pray my Bible, I uh, pray my Bible, pray and read my Bible. Um, but like on the ground, what does this look like day to day? What does it look like to worship God with everything of who you are, everything you have, everything you do, and everything, all the heartache and the suffering that you might go through? How do, we, how do we do that? And I can't answer that all in one sermon. Uh, that will take a lifetime. There's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of books on this. But I, I kind of wanted to use a little bit of my own kind of reflections as well, but just to kind of spur up some, some thoughts of, of what this might mean for you and for us as, as the wider church, of how do we worship with all of who we are towards Jesus and everything that we do, everything we have. So I'm going to go through all four of these really quick. So everything of who I am or everything of who you are. So I'm an introvert, uh, naturally. I, I, I recharge by being alone. Um, I, get, I get tired if I spend too much time with, with people. It's not that I don't like people. I absolutely love them. But I, I can get tired. I get drained if I don't spend enough time by myself. Um, I thoroughly enjoy being around people, actually. I, I, I get a real kick out of it. I get a lot of energy to a certain point, and then I kind of get, I just cap. Uh, I cap it out. Like yesterday, I went on a, a boys' brigade hike for most of the day, and then I picked up uh, Esther's sister from the airport, and then uh, Esther had a 10 year reunion at school, and I was just like, Esther. I'm so tired. I'm like, I do not want to talk to strangers tonight, but I did it anyway. Um, <laughs> so I get tired by that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I try really hard. I'm not perfect at it, but I, I've, I've always really tried to be a good listener. Um, I've tried to listen and listen well, to ask good questions, to kind of explore different ideas, explore different people's um, beliefs and uh, where they sit, why they're doing what they're doing, that kind of thing. That, uh, that really fascinates me, and I really love doing that. I love uh, all these kinds of things. So, and the list can go on, but, and some of this would be my strengths, yeah? Some of this can, I'd consider some of my strengths or some of the ways that God has made me. Um, it's, it's part of who I've become so far in, in this life. And these strengths, I, I don't want to use them for me, first and foremost. It doesn't mean that I can't benefit from them, but I don't want to use them first and foremost for myself. I want to go, God, you've, you've created me this way, yeah? You've created me this way. You've, you've formed me over time this way, and I want to be able to use this for your glory. I want this to be worship towards you. I want people to see you, not me. I want, I want to be this shining example. I want to reflect you. So that's how we, and I want to ask the question, who are you? Like, what are some of the traits that you have? Like, ponder on it throughout this week. Like, how has God made you? And specifically, is it orientated towards worshiping God? Um, and I want to go into this as well, is that um, I think God can glorify himself, and we can, we can worship God with our weaknesses too. So... Uh, a few of my weaknesses is that I don't often, um, the kind of the flip side of some of my strengths is that I don't often transfer 
a lot of like uh, what I hear from people, like I'll, I'll build it up and I'll kind of hold it in tension in my mind and it'll be kind of like a f- overflowing cup in a way, um, but not in a good way. And then, I, and then I don't pour it out before the Lord sometimes. And, and sometimes I, I don't even realize I'm doing it. So that's kind of my weakness uh, at times. I listen and care uh, so much, quite a lot, and I try to, but then I, I don't. I don't always transfer it to God. These are some of my weaknesses. Another is that um, sometimes things are obviously my fault. I'm not going to put a palm it off to everyone else. But sometimes when it isn't my fault, I take responsibility for things. Um, or like when something doesn't go right or doesn't go kind of the way that I had hoped, I, I often I'll hold on to it. I'll, I'll take it really personally and I'll, I'll, I'll hold on to it. It's a work in progress. Uh, another is that I, I don't spend enough time by myself, <laughs> away from people, to recharge. And then I, I can get to different points, and I can get incredibly tired. And I just need, I just, it's like an alarm bell in my, in my mind where I'm just like, Matt, just, <laughs> just sit by yourself for 10 minutes, okay? Um, <laughs> and I could go on and on and on, and I'm sure some of you are aware of my weaknesses too. I know my wife is. Um, <laughs> um, but in knowing my personality, what I'm trying to get at, is that even my weaknesses can be used for God. Um, our weaknesses, your weaknesses can be used for God, of who you, who you are currently. And I loved that video that Jeremy brought to us today because it's like God, like, rather than holding on to your weaknesses and thinking, God can't use that, I, I'm, uh, I can't use that as worship towards him. It's only the positive side of me. It's, it's a different outlook to kind of go, no, like, God, I, rather than holding on to these things and, and trying to work it out all by myself, I'm, I'm going, God, I think our posture of worship in that sense is to kind of go, God, I, I know my weaknesses. There's probably weaknesses that I'm not aware of too. And Lord, but I, I want to lay them before you. These are a part of who I am at the moment. But I want to lay them before you. I want, I, want you to, I want you to chisel them. I want you to shape them and form them. So even in my weakness that I can worship you, that people can see that I'm honest or that we're honest about our weaknesses to some degree, and then we can actually go, God, like, God's changing me. He, I, I, like, bro, I'm a sinner too. That's one of the common misconceptions when I talk to people who don't know the Lord. They're kind of like, oh, no, if I walked through into the church, I'd probably, like, be set on fire or something like that <laughs> because I'm so sinful and that type of thing. And I'm like, nah, bro, like, it's, it's, an, it's a humility to go, no, like, that's why I'm, I am a Christian. Like, I, I have weaknesses. I am sinful, and I need God, even in my weaknesses, to be glorified. Does that make sense? So, and I think that's a really important thing to think through, is that there's different aspects, even the positives and the negatives, that God, of, of who we are, that God can use them for His glory. But I think we need to be intentional about it. And even if it's as simple as praying each day, God... You know my weaknesses, you know my strength, you know who you are, who I am, and who I'm becoming, and I just surrender that to you this morning. I I surrender this to you, and I want that to be a reflection of you. I want you to be glorified. So, as part of this sacrificial worship, this sacrifice of praise to God that we, we live our lives through, it's everything of who you are and who you are becoming. So everything that I have, this is the second one, everything that I have, 
And I, most commonly, probably what would come to mind is time and resources. Time and resources is a lot of things that we, we have. Um, uh, and this can be really closely linked with what, everything that I do, um, but I think it's important to, to separate them a little bit. Um, so you think about uh, spare time, if it exists for some of you. I, I know many of us, are, or many of you guys, not me, um, have children, and that can take a lot of time. But like, uh, when we have spare time, for instance, what are we, what are we using it on? I talk to, I've used this illustration a lot, but when I talk to the, to the youth kids and uh, to the young adults, a big thing is that they spend way too much time on, on things that don't amount to much in their spare time. Um, for instance, the average Gen Z, which is most of my youth group at the moment, um, would spend, I think we're the uh, exception, not the rule here, by the way. I don't think they spend this much time on their phones. But as a, as a nation, we spend about four hours and 15 minutes per day on social media alone, uh, if you're a Gen Zer. And I think that's actually gone higher. Um, and that's not even taking into consideration YouTube and uh, streaming platforms and gaming and, and things like that. But what do we, and I, I know that might not apply to us all here today, but what do we use our spare time on? What is it geared towards? Is it geared towards these types of things or is it geared towards more of, Lord, I, I want to use my time, I want to steward it well, and I want to be able to give that to you. I want that to be a worship to you, whatever that might look like. I'll get to this in a minute, but I think, for instance, if you're a parent, that is a, an amazing use of time. That is, a, that is an act of praise. That is a worship. That's laying down your life literally for your children right in front of you and, and, and giving uh, life to them. But what about money and resources? Um, well, to what end are these being used for? I need to ask myself this question a lot of the time as well. It's just like, okay, well, I want to be a good steward of what God's blessed me with and the, the stuff that I have, the resources at my fingertips, the money that I've been uh, given or afforded to. Um, and so where does, that, where, does, where does that come into play, everything that you have? Well, how does that worship God? How is that a sacrifice towards Him? And then, and I'm not saying that you, you can't enjoy the blessings that God gives you, to at least to, to some degree. Um, I think God actually really, he, He's kind of like an awesome creation in a way so to enjoy. It's a way to kind of go, God, you're amazing. Like uh, I was talking to, to someone before the service and you're kind of like, I'm enjoying what's at my fingertips with uh, going to the beach. Like, you're like, God, this is amazing. I live here. This is, this is great. And it's like an act of praise up to him to kind of push it a little bit further. It doesn't stay with me, but it goes further. In the same way, with what we have and with our money, how do, how, how do we do that? How do we go? Are we using our money well towards giving God glory? Are we even just seeking him with that at the end of the day? I think at the core, what, what, what is the purpose of our, our, our resources, of what we have? Is it being orientated as worship toward God, or is it more, more kind of probably centered on us? That's a question I ask myself. It's, it's for everybody. Um, and I, I think what we need to do is that we, we, we lay that out before the Lord, and we go, God, show me. If I'm not doing that, show me. Um, help me to know how to use this well, how to steward this well, and use it for your glory. So that's have and do very closely, very closely linked to do. So you might be 
what I do, what you do. You might be uh, a husband. Maybe you're a wife. Maybe you're a mother, a father, grandma, grandpa, full-time worker, someone who studies, uh, a volunteer at a ministry or a charity, maybe uh, a keeper of the home, a support to someone. Whatever you do with your time, whatever you do with your time, Primarily what I would do, if I had to boil it down to two things, um, I do other things, obviously, but the two big things is that I'm a, I'm a husband and I'm a pastor. I'm a husband and a pastor. And it's, it's, it's important in my case, for instance, to, to be the best husband I can be to give worship to God. I want to be the best husband I can be. I'm not the best husband I can be but I lay those weaknesses before the Lord. <laughs> I want to be the best darn husband that I, I can ever be. I want to love Esther like Christ loves the church. I want to show God in that way. I want, to see, I want, them, I want people to see God in how I do this. I want to cherish her. I want to provide for her needs, to love her, support her, uplift her, protect her sometimes. And I obviously do this because I love her and it's an ambition of my heart. But number one, why I do that and why I, why I want to do that is, is for Jesus. I want him to be worshipped. I don't want to just do this because I, it's something that we do. I don't want to just do uh, being a husband because that's just what you do. I want it to be a reflection of worship. I want it to be that part of my life to kind of go, God, I want you to be worshipped here. This is orientated towards you, not me. Not something else, but you. It's an act of praise. It's this sacrificial worship we're talking about. I want to be the best pastor I can be. Um, and not just because I can feel good about myself, but because it can impact so many people, that God can work through me um, to, to, to impact other people and through a team and through this church. Like, I want that. I don't want to just do it for myself. I want to orientate it toward worship toward God. So a couple of, couple of just examples for myself, but where, where are you guys? Where, what do you do? What primarily takes most of your time? And what do you, what do, you do with it? And is it, is it orientated toward worship toward God? And I think this, this also applies to the mundane things in life. And we see this in uh, 1 Corinthians, verse 10, 31. It's a very, very common verse. Um, it says, so whatever you eat or whatever you drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So even down to the mundane things like brushing your teeth. Like, oh God, I'm doing this for your glory. <laughs> um, whatever it might be, down to, I don't know, Maybe it's eating, like it says. Maybe it's traveling to work, changing a nappy, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, mowing the lawn. Whatever it might be. Even hanging out with friends. Whatever it might be. What we're seen to do, everything that we do, is a, is, it's, it's, a, it's an offer of praise to God. This is what he's getting at. Whatever you do in life, it's for God. And finally, we've got Suffer. Whatever I suffer. Now, this one's a, this is a tricky one. Uh, obviously, there's so much to be said on pain and suffering in our world, and I don't have the time uh, this morning to do that. But what I, it's, it's a big topic, but what I will say is that uh, 
I'm sure everyone here in some shape or form knows that there's hardships, that there's suffering that comes in life, and it can be really hard. It can be really hard. Some of it can be down, come because of our own decisions. Some of it can come because of the decisions of others. Some of it doesn't make any sense at all, and we just have no clue why it's happening. Some of this can happen because we live in a fallen world. Some of the pain, sometimes, and here's why you need another sermon, but some of it can be pain because God's chiseling at you. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this hurts. (laughs) But we can all experience different pains. But even in our suffering and our hardships, they can still be used as worship to God. And that sounds so weird, I know. But it can. It can be used as worship to him. So Paul, in, in Romans 8, he, uh, uh, about four chapters before this one, he, he talks about a bunch of the suffering that he's endured as being uh, an apostle, but mainly being a Christian, um, for Jesus. He's being a follower of Jesus. He talks about the suffering. If you know anything about Paul, he did not have a fun time. Um, his, his, his life was far from cushy. Um, he, he, yeah. He was imprisoned multiple times, ultimately executed. Um, he was stoned within an inch of his life. They thought he was dead and a bunch of other things. He, he, was, he went through a hard time to know Jesus and to be a follower of Jesus. And he says later on in, uh, in, the, in the same chapter, in verse 28, another common passage, um, it's, it reads, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. All things work out. All things work together for good. And this good is kind of defined in the next verse, in verse 29. And, and it's, it's primarily meaning this good means that we're becoming more in the image of his son. We're becoming more like Jesus. That's the good. It's not getting a Ferrari. It's, 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 getting, it's becoming more like Jesus, ultimately. That's what that good is. So he's working all things, even the suffering. Because this is what Paul was just talking about. Even the suffering, he's working for good. He's using it to shape you, to shape others more and more into his image. Despite the suffering and the hardships, we go through, he can use them for good. And that can be really hard to hear. Um, I, I'm sure some of us are already going through stuff right now. And maybe we don't quite understand it. But I think there's a level there that we don't always need to. But at the very end of the day, I, my encouragement is that God can use this. We see this in his word. It's not me just saying that. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's coming with him with humility. It's going, God, this is, this is a horrible situation. I don't understand this. Maybe I do. Whatever, wherever you're at. And you go, God, can you please use this for good? I'm, I'm coming before you. I want this to, to work out for good. I want this to worship you. I want people to see you even as I'm going through this hard time. Even as I've suffered greatly, I want people to see you. I don't want them to see me. I want to, I want to, I want to suffer well in a way. I want to be able to point to you. 
I want my life to be a living sacrifice to you, Lord. And if everything of who I am, everything that I have, everything I do, and everything that I suffer from through this life. So I'm going to invite the team up as we um, are about to go into this communion. But I, I just want to encourage you guys is to think about worship. Worship is a special thing through music. I'm not trying to take away from that. But we need to orientate our lives toward worshiping everything of who we are. Everything that we have, everything we do, and everything that we suffer through. Because this is what the Bible shows us. And we want, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to be a living sacrifice. We want to worship Him with everything of who we are. And if you're after any prayer, after our communion, or you want to come chat to me about any of this, or you want to explore it a bit more, please come and find me. I would love to be able to chat with you. Um, but I'm going to pray, and then I'm just going to invite uh, Pastor Graham Circum to come up. Lord, thank you um, that you don't leave us to our own devices, Lord God, that you, you didn't just die on the cross and kind of go, see you, and then just kind of leave us. Lord, no, you're with us as we go. You seek to use everything for our good. You seek to shape us, Lord. And you've called us to worship you with everything of who we are. So, Lord, we're here this morning, and we want to say, do that. I want to surrender. We want to surrender as your body, Lord God, as your people, that we want everything that we do, everything we are, everything we have, everything that we go through to be worship to you. Thank you that you died for us, Lord. Thank you that we have the mercies of the Lord. And Lord, would you, in that process, would you renew our minds? Would you renew us daily? Amen. I'm going to invite Pastor Graham. What a powerful... Reminded this morning to give our bodies as a living sacrifice and to worship God with all that we are. As sitting behind the text this morning has been this little word mercy. I am so moved by mercy. Mercy has always affected me because I, I know I need it. I need God's mercy. The actual word mercy comes from a Latin medieval word which means price paid. <clears throat> and today we're going to close out with communion and reflect on how much mercy uh, we've all received. <clears throat> David said in his prayer in Psalm 51, <clears throat> Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Uh, the cross displays God's mercy and grace and justice and uh, it's done with such startling clarity. In my place condemned he stood. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Could you ever imagine being on death row, knowing that you have committed a crime, knowing that you deserve death, and a presidential pardon is extended to you. How grateful you would be, would you? 
that your life has been spared. The reality is that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We all deserve death and judgment. But God in his great love sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you in order that you might be released from the penalty. That's mercy. Mercy can be described like this, as God not giving us what we deserve. David was overwhelmed with his sin, his transgression and his iniquity. He was guilty. Mercy releases us from judgment. And here we are to share together in this simple ceremony, if you like, of communion. And I wonder if you would just take your little uh, communion glasses this morning and just have a look at it. Remember where you've come from. You know, the, the back story to Romans chapter 12 is Romans chapter 11. You know, one of the most outrageous verses, the most stunning and amazing verses in chapter 11, and it's in verse 32. This is what the Bible says. And I think Paul goes into overload. He says, For God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he might have mercy on them all. Bound over to disobedience. You know, we were born into sin and, and God in his great love wants to express mercy, mercy, mercy. I've always appreciated when policemen extend mercy to me. Have you ever had that? Mostly they book me, but, uh, <laughs> but some on the very few occasions they say, young man, I'm going to let you go today. I'm going to show you altogether mercy. Mercy. You're guilty, Graham. You're doing 80Ks in a 60 zone. A few smiles in the room. Graham, I'm going to let you go. Don't do it again. Do you know what Paul does? He launches into a doxology. It's a song like Matt has been talking this morning. It's an act of worship. It's called the doxology. And this is what he says, that God has bound us over to disobedience. He might show us his mercy. And here we are all together this morning saying, the only reason why we are in the kingdom of God is because of God's altogether mercy. This is what he says, Oh, the depths and the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments, his past beyond uh, tracing out who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor, who has ever given to God that God should repay him for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen. Therefore, therefore, because of the mercies of God, you give yourselves as a living sacrifice. I am moved by mercy. I cannot help but give him everything. I owe everything to him. And so as we come to communion this morning, as matters reminded us, it's worship, uh, giving our bodies as a living, so all who I am, what I have, what I do, and what I suffer, it's a time to reflect, it's a time to release, and it's a time to rejoice.
How is it this morning, folks? Is there anything as you reflect on your life and how you are? Is this something that you need to confess? Is this something that you need to tell the Lord uh, that you've been involved in? Speech, actions, whatever. And say, Jesus, forgive me. Please extend mercy to me. And wash away all my sin. And we're going to do that right now. Let's just have a moment of quiet reflection, pondering the mercy of God and giving him everything that we have. Father, we are deeply affected by your grace and mercy. I am moved by mercy. You not giving me what I deserve. You releasing me from my sin debt. As that beautiful Latin word for mercy says, price has been paid. And Lord, we just want to open our lives to you this morning and ask for your washing and cleansing and to rededicate our lives to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were wounded for our transgression. You were bruised for our iniquity. Surely you bore our sorrows and by your stripes we are healed. Lord Jesus, would you just come and bring release right now through the power of your great love and mercy. Anything that we've said or done that's out of order, you're chipping away with a chisel almost so that we can be restored to your image. Take us, Lord. Could you just say in your heart, with me, Lord Jesus, I give my life completely to you. Wash me afresh and take me and shine through me in Jesus' name. If you'd like to open your little container, it's a little bit of a challenge sometimes to peel off the top. There's a little wafer there. We're going to take that little wafer. If you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus before, you can do it this morning by dedicating your life to him. He wants to show you mercy and forgiveness. For those of us who follow the Lord, it's a beautiful declaration of Jesus' body that was given for you. It's by his stripes you are healed. Father, thank you for the reminder of your body given for us showing us mercy. You suffered greatly on our behalf. As we eat this together, we do it with thankfulness in our hearts. Let's eat together, shall we?
on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he, he took the cup and said, drink this in remembrance of me. We thank God that it's the blood of Jesus that washes away all our sin. Uh, the cup is an expression of his blood. And when we drink, we do it to remember the powerful act of redemption and rescue that your sins have been washed away. Let's drink together, shall we? Uh, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the powerful words of that old, old song that says, At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. Lord Jesus, thank you for setting us free by your mercy. Help us now, moved by mercy, to give everything back to you and to live for you all the days of our life. Thank you that we're free. In Jesus' lovely name, and everybody said, Amen. As Matt said the, uh, at the close of his message, if you'd like to come forward for prayer, we'd love to pray for you. We're a family here, and uh, we need each other, so feel free just to come and join us for prayer, and we'd love to pray for you. Thank